Hello, and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. I'm your host, John, and this is the 2020 edition of the Pop Culture Roundtable. When I started this show with Wendy back in January of 2018, we thought we'd just talk about HR stuff, and that was fun. Most of you know, though, I do a podcast about 80s properties with some of my friends that I've been doing for many years. And I got to the end of 2018, and I said, I want to talk about what's gone on that year that was cool from a pop culture perspective. And I was really fortunate to find three people that I found incredibly entertaining and cool and had really interesting ideas of what was new. They all come from all over the place. In the past, I've had them introduce themselves, but I'm going to introduce them. If you're keeping track of this show, this is the third annual pop culture conversation. Never would have dreamed it. I am incredibly excited to welcome back Lorena Pavon, Michael Milady, and Chris Orozco to the show. Thank you. What's going on, everybody? Hello, hello. Hi. When I reached out to everybody to start talking about doing this again, I recognized that this year has been incredibly different than what any of us probably would have expected. Yeah. A lo- yeah. lot of cra- To say the least. <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> right? A lot of craziness. And I remember we talked and, you know, we're going to talk at the end about what we look forward to in, in this coming year. But I don't think any of us said at the end of that episode, oh, in 2020, I look forward to a pandemic. <laughs> Realistically, mostly a, a worldwide shutdown, along with so many other things that have been going on. While that's all been going on, though, there have been some good things. And Lorraine, I want to start with you. You've had some real big changes in your life this year. Why don't yes. you let the audience know what you've been up to? Well, um, in March, due to the pandemic, unfortunately, I was laid off from my job. But a few months later, I started a new job as an HR generalist. It's an amazing fit. I'm really happy. I didn't even realize when I got laid off, it was a blessing in disguise. Like I was, I was kind of checked out in my, you know, from my previous job and, you know, I was already looking, but obviously you want to leave your job when you have something secure. So it was a little bit of a shock, but I got really lucky in all aspects of it. Um, I didn't have to wait too much for unemployment to kick in. I know that was a nightmare here in Florida. Um, I had, you know, my family is very supportive. My, uh, my then boyfriend, now fiance, which is the other big news. Congratulations. (laughs) um, he's also super supportive as well. And then a few months later, um, Amanda Bronson, as usual, she's a great, awesome friend. She was, you know, you know, sending my resume to people and she had a, a friend um, and he he works for um, National Airlines, which is where I currently work. And she sent the resume out. He reached out to me. And a few weeks later, I got new good news about, you know, getting that job. So that was the, you know, the one of the big things. And then the other one being, you know, I got engaged. I was semi expecting it. But, you know, at the same time, I was like, eh, you know, time's running out, guys. You need, you need to step it up now. <laughs> but, um, no, but we're really happy. So um, and so we're planning for a, maybe a 2022 wedding, because at this point, I don't think 2021 is going to work out because we have families from out of the U.S. So Puerto Rico, which is technically U.S., but they still have to fly in. And then Ecuador from his side. Well, congratulations again on both fronts. Super exciting. (laughs) Glad to hear about the job. Was even more excited to hear about your engagement. I know know you've been with your fiance for some time. I know I've gotten, we've talked a little bit about that over the years. So it's very, very exciting. Michael, how about you? What what have you been up to? I will say that I probably will have the least earth shattering news, I guess. Uh, You know, honestly, I've (laughs) been, um, this year it's been, uh, you know, work has has not slowed down. I think uh, the industry I work in and supporting call, contact centers and whatnot in cloud space, uh, when the pan- pandemic hit, lots of people weren't working in buildings anymore. So my company has been extremely busy and doing well, which I won't complain about, but 
that also means that it's been uh, pretty much heads down work all year long. But uh, I haven't been in the office since I think March 6th, I think was the last day I was in. Wow. So uh, it's been one of those kind of things. And then, uh, but you know what? Uh, and then on top of that, um, keeping a five-year-old entertained which, over the summer and virtual school and other sort of things. That part is 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 fun, but you know what? I've uh, I've kind of re-engaged my interest uh, as John, you and I've kind of talked about the uh, kind of action figures and other sort of things out there, and just kind of pop culture, and even playing around with my local comic shop. Even though I have no idea what I'm doing comic related wise, I uh, it's been fun to kind of enjoy that, and that you know that part is just kind of fun, keeping me entertained and in positive ways beyond uh, obviously all the other shows and stuff we'll probably talk about. But you know, it's been it's been good just keeping keeping moving. Yeah, we'll probably talk a little bit more about some of the uh, shenanigans <laughs> with the uh, plastic toys and things. Chris, I know you've had stuff going on. A little bit. Uh, so I'm being honest with you guys. Before, when I was going through the list, John sent the you know the categories and stuff. I had to go back and look at what came out in 2020 because I, <laughs> I, I don't even remember. No, no, I'm just like, this, this year is a blur. To, mm-hmm. to, really, and Mike, you're talking about homeschool. All that stuff. It's just yeah. been crazy. Yeah, my we talked about this last uh, roundtable that my most looking forward to event this year was going to be the launch of my son and I's YouTube channel. And it had been a long time coming. And we finally did it. We launched it, Galaxy Game Players, back in August. I think we have seven episodes. So in between work and school's closing and then reopening and then closing and reopening and, and work and all that stuff. Thankfully, Matthew has went ahead and gave me a break on not doing it weekly because what dad was doing is spending my days off editing and which I don't know anything about that stuff, but it's been a good learning experience. I, I know John mentioned the episode is just going to be the, our voices recording, but if you could see the, the camera, you're going to see a bunch of stuff over here. I so recorded this morning, um, had some accidents going on there. And so we're going to start painting and stuff in here <laughs> and kind of upping our game on the set. Cause I'm going to start using this, this area for some stuff I'll talk about later on in, in the show. So you're going to, oh. there's stuff boxed and that's why the camera wasn't working. Cause I totally spaced it that, that we could see each other. And so the camera <laughs> was unplugged. The camera was taken down cause moving stuff out of here. So when I saw you guys, I'm like, Oh I better camera back, you know. <laughs> and I'm using my hat. I was going to use, like, you know, I, my nice microphone and all that stuff. I was like, man, I better, I better get on there and stuff. So yeah, I had a, a few things going on, but I literally had to go back and look at what came out this year because I don't remember. I do think we should have a category about uh, collectibles next year if we could. Okay, oh, the, the uh, we may we may start a whole other show about that, but, but let's talk, let's talk about the top figures. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about the, where we started when we started this back in 2018, which, yes, it's hard to remember what came out when. But really what I wanted everybody to do was pick three movies, television shows, and then what I call audio items because it may not be a song, you know, music. It, it could be a song or an album, but maybe it's a podcast or something else that you've found in 2020 that was really impactful for you and exciting and different. Now, I used to say I'd love you to bring something new. But I think in 2020, because the, there are some things that I wanted to repeat that I wanted to talk about, <laughs> but I think there's some comfort in some of those things that we've now had multiple years. Each one of us is going to talk about uh, three different things. And if we ha- if we say the same thing, hey, that's cool. There's no particular order. There's no, 
this is number one, two, three. You, if you say it, hey, that's that works too. I always enjoy what you all bring to the table because some of it is going to be so different for me. And I always, I've always picked up things. And I know Lorena, I believe after last year, we may have converted you to become a Star Wars fan. Yes, a little bit. So yeah, yeah. so like, I, yes, like <laughs> I thought you were going to say pro wrestling fan person. <laughs> no, no, that's that's my that, that's, right that's there. This year, no, when I, when I remember you started messaging us about Star Wars. I was so Baby excited. Right I was uh, waiting for it because I remember last year we talked about pro wrestling and none of that made it on Lorena's list. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> we'll get there and, and you never you never know everybody baby learns steps. something here yeah baby yeah. Steps. absolutely <laughs> <Getting there. laughs> let's talk about movies first Lorena you're number one what's the first movie you want to talk about well I want even though they did not come out in 2020 I did watch most of the Star Wars movies this year yes um, All right. so I saw the, the original six I saw the solo movie and I saw Rogue One and I think I'm missing a few. I know I'm missing, I'm still missing a few, but those are the ones I saw. I didn't think, I, you know, because I know Solo was its own movie itself. It had nothing to do with like the Skywalker saga, but I really enjoyed that one the most. I don't know why, but I, I just thought it was great. The other ones are amazing. Don't get me wrong. I just don't know why I connected more with Solo. I think I got, um, my fiance was really excited, of course, because <laughs> in the past, it's all about what I want to watch. And it's usually Harry Potter or Grey's Anatomy. I'm going to be real honest. That's all I want to watch. <laughs> um, so when I told him, hey, I think I want to start watching the Star Wars movies. He was like, what? Oh, like he that same day turned on Disney Plus. Like he did not like let it wait um, because he knew that if he let it wait, I'd probably, you know, not get too involved in that. Um, and I'll talk a little bit about, you know, Mandalorian later on because I'm super obsessed. If you, uh, I know some of you, you have me on Facebook, so you probably see my baby Yoda memes and Instagram if you have me as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's I've become a new fan. I'm still getting there. There's still things. There's a lot of content in these movies. So sometimes I don't even know what's going on. I have to Google what's going on. It's, it's interesting. It's been a, an adventure to say the least. So that's my um, number one I wanted to mention, even though they didn't come out at 2020. We are more than happy about that. <laughs> we will yeah. definitely get to what you talked about a minute ago with Mandalorian. There's a lot to talk about there. Michael, how about you? What's your first pick? Kind of as I was kind of mentioned the whole comics thing, I, it was on Netflix and I think I caught it one night. It was the killing joke. It was the Batman. I guess I know it was based on the comic and that Mark Hamill was the, did the Joker voice. The, the name escapes me. What did Batman from back Kevin to the Conroy. Kevin Conroy, that's it. I know. I was like, I couldn't forget that. Yeah, he was, uh, and it was just, it was fun. It was, uh, it was good to watch. And I hadn't watched, uh, probably a Batman that, you know, that in a while. And it was, it was nice to kind of escape a little bit in the Batman realm. I haven't really been focused on Batman too much of late. So it's been, so that was, that was fun to watch. That's a really dark one. I assume yeah. he paralyzes Barbara. And uh-huh. oh, yeah. Yeah, there's some pretty, bl- does it end with the question of what Batman may have done to, yeah, yeah. I was reading the forums, like, okay, people like debating, like, what he, what happened at the end of that didn't happen to the end of that. Yeah, they did some weird stuff in there. They, did, they differed from the comics, where, and I was kind of mortified at one point. I, I think that Batgirl and Batman have some romantic, um, sexy time. Yeah, they kind of, yeah. yeah. Sexy yeah. Time. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just say it. They had sex, I think, on the roof. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say romantic yeah. escapades. Uh, um, <laughs> I just kind of, I was just like, what are they doing? That was weird. 2020, I don't know. I'm glad you saw it, Michael. It's definitely, if you haven't read the graphic novel, I would definitely recommend that. It's 
one of the classics. And it is interesting. It was interesting though when I saw I saw it was on there. I have not seen it, but I knew they did some interesting things. And <laughs> yeah, great. How about Chris? How about how about you? I, I can't imagine how you're going to try to top that one. Let me say, so I picked three, right? Are we just doing one or doing all three of them? Pick the first one first, man. First same, one. Same as all. Same as <laughs> I don't, so th- let me preface with this. The movies that I chose in any other year might not be ones that would regularly make my list. Okay. Because not a lot came out this year. My favorite movie of the year for 2020, which I did not anticipate was going to happen is Sonic the Hedgehog. Saw it in San Francisco, Valentine's weekend, went on a nice trip there, went over to the AMC. I'm Everybody that knows me, you guys know me really well, follow me, Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. You know I'm a gamer, I love the video games, and so maybe it's not that surprising, but it probably wouldn't have ranked in my as number one uh, <laughs> yeah. for the year. But it's a fun movie. I mean, Sonic, I mean, they did it really well. It was cute. My son loves it. Jim Carrey is just straight up '90s Jim Carrey. He's he's just yeah no he's just chewing the scenery. He's having a great time just being crazy. And I uh, and I was there for it. It was great. Funny you mentioned it, Chris, because my 17 year old saw it. He is a gamer, but he's not a he wasn't a Sonic fan. He loved it. He came back and we talked about. I can't remember how it came up, but he ended up talking about it. And he was like, dad, I couldn't believe how great it was. He saw it in yeah. the theater and it, that movie was plagued with so many production issues. And, you know, the oh. first Sonic was so bad and they, they spent millions, you know, redesigning him after the first preview and everything. I'm glad to hear you say you enjoyed it. I've heard other people and I, I never, pl- I mean, I maybe played it in the nineties. Sure. Know, you know, he's never one of my big things. I'm glad to hear from somebody else that, that it was as good as I've heard it was. It, it was good. I'll tell you what, the first trailer was God awful. And not just because the design, <laughs> no, because the design was was. I, I don't even understand what they were thinking. It's like, how who signed off on this? How did they think this was a good idea? And then it, they played like Gangsters Paradise as the trailer uh, music, right. and I and so I was just like, you know, I'm probably not in for this. I'm okay. I loved Sonic on the Genesis and all that stuff, but you know, maybe it's for someone else. It's not for me. And then they redid it, and then the trailers. They did a couple different things, so went and saw it, and it was it was fine. The first movie I want to talk about was actually what I mentioned, the thing I was most looking forward to in 2020 from a pop culture perspective, and that is Bill and Ted Face the Music. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, That movie is big, dumb fun, which we need in 2020. Those movies are not Shakespeare. They're not Oscar award-winning dramas. They're big, dumb fun. And I thought for for the premise that it had to bring those guys back to have the daughters that are so much like them, it's frightening. They really nailed having those young ladies act like Bill and Ted. The new musicians they bring in, it was just so silly. It hit all the right notes. I think, Chris, to your point about maybe would it be my number one movie in another year or the first one of the movies I would talk about? I don't know. You could tell they adjusted, particularly the end of that movie you know, the end credits and the song and everything that goes on, it's focused on what we're dealing with. So if you haven't seen Bill and Ted Face the Music, if you if you like the first two and you haven't seen it, shame on you. Go go check it out. It's it's 90 minutes. You'll laugh. It's not going to win any awards other yeah. than being big, dumb fun, yeah. which we all need, uh, particularly right now. I think we need even more. So, Lorena, what's next for you? 
So another thing I was, you know, again, I was at ho- I've been at home so long. I Netflix has a lot of Adam Sandler movies, and I think I've watched every single one uh, Netflix has to offer this year. Okay. Like it, I have some of them are rewatches, others I've never seen. Um, but the one that came out this year, it's really dumb. It's not going to win any awards either. It makes no sense. I was watching the movie laughing hysterically, but I was thinking this was the dumbest movie I've ever seen. It's <laughs> Hubie <laughs> Halloween. <laughs> saw that trailer and I didn't watch it but because it looked dumb but I probably should could use a laugh like that so that's probably good yeah it's just like okay I don't like Halloween in general um you know it's not I don't have anything against it but I don't like scary movies I don't like the gory I don't like anything so when it gets to Halloween season every time uh Samir wants to watch a Halloween movie there's gotta be like it can't be scary it's usually stuff like the nightmare before Christmas or hocus pocus that type of movie that that's what I like to watch but I've seen these movies thousands of times so i saw you be halloween i was like it's adam sandler it can't be scary it wasn't and basically he's this really odd community volunteer who is investigating these odd occurrences in salem massachusetts on halloween night it has a lot of his you know the same actors that are i i don't know their names but they're always in all of his movies um so has a lot of those uh recycled uh, actors as i like to call them um but they you know they did a great job it's really dumb it makes no sense at the end of it it's just a good laugh it's a really good laugh and you know in in during a pandemic um i try to watch stuff that makes me laugh or like it's lighthearted more than anything because i mean it's bad news everywhere so i just i enjoyed it i really thought it was cute Michael, what's next on your list? Uh, you know, for me, I um, and I know this wasn't a brand new movie. I don't think for this year, but I hadn't uh, I hadn't seen it. I think when it was in theaters, it was uh, Doctor Sleep. It was the kind of sequel to The Shining that uh, Ewan McGregor was in. I just enjoy seeing him in general, and he did a very. I think he did a great job as did the the other actors in there, which I don't think I recognize a lot of them, but he was the star. And um, yeah, it was really good. It wasn't as scary, scary, but it did some homage to the original, like Shining, even the movie. They had, uh, they went back to the hotel and spoilers, I'm sure, if anyone hasn't seen it. But like there was a the scene where you see the the door that Jack Nicholas like broke open with the axe. Like they have like a moment when you see like what was left of that and different things. So it was really kind of, you know, kind of, they did a good job with it without making it too hokey. And uh, yeah, it was, it was good. Chris, how about you? Okay, number two, coming in at number two, a hot number two. The new Scooby-Doo movie, which they called just Scoob. Is there a Scooby-Doo movie? There is. It's a CGI one. Yeah, it's on uh, home. Well, so it was going to come out in the theater. So Matthew and I, uh, he was really pumped to go see it. So everybody knows, too. I'm a huge fan still of the old 70s. What was it called? Where are you, Scooby-Doo? Scooby-Doo, where are you? Where are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love those. Still love. Matthew loves them. We love them. So we were going to go. Theaters got shut down. I think uh, Warner Brothers released it on direct to video, so that we bought it and watched it. And it was it was it was uh, it was cute. Captain Caveman's. You could, they're kind of building out a a shared universe. It seems like because Captain Caveman is in there. There's a couple people in there from other uh, of those other properties. And I think it was Tracy Morgan that voiced um, uh, Captain Caveman. And the voices were all the, the guy that voiced Shaggy. They, it was a new guy and wasn't really digging that. I don't know why they replaced uh, Matthew Lillard um, that does Shaggy for the cartoon ones. His it was there was just something off about it. Didn't sound like Casey Kasem at all, which Matthew Lillard sounds a lot like him. Uh, but yeah, it was a cute movie. I think I've made no bones about the fact that I really enjoy documentaries. So my second choice this year is a documentary. It's actually available on YouTube. And it's called Live from the Space Stage, A Halix Story. 
Halix was a band that was put together in 1981 for the summer at Disneyland to be a stage show. And all I can tell you is how they explained it was perfect. It was Star Wars meets Kiss. It is one of the craziest things I've ever seen in terms of the band they put together. You had humanoids. You had a bass player that was basically like white Chewbacca, fur, like full fur outfit. You had one dude dressed like a Jawa that would run around, like climb up ropes, hit little percussion instruments. And then the keyboard player was in a little golf cart thing that they had built out. He would drive it around like, you know, drive it around and play all these crazy keyboard solos. This documentary was put together by the folks at Defunkland, a group that does things about Disney. Apparently, they crowdsourced this project, and they found all this footage. That band was together for one summer. They recorded a few songs. They were trying to get an album out. It never went anywhere. But the musical director was Mike Post, who does a lot of TV stuff. Like You name the 80s shows like A-Team and Magnum P.I. and all. He was really big in Hollywood for all these other things that he did. It's a really interesting documentary. I enjoy Disney, but I have no real attachment to Disneyland. It was more about this weird little show that was put together that has this massive cult following that most Disney fans have never heard of because it was one summer, one piece of one costume still exists. Everything else was destroyed or gone 40 years ago. Nobody cared. And now it's seen this renaissance with this documentary. They're making t-shirts and people are like putting out product to celebrate Halix. Yeah. Live from the space stage. Highly recommend it. If you're into documentaries, particularly about weird music, kiss meets star Wars. It's, the best way you can describe this thing. Check that out. I love Disneyland. Okay. Last up, Lorena, what, what about you? It's actually a documentary as well. And it's the social dilemma on Netflix. Mind blowing. <laughs> um, in my opinion, I love social media. Heck, I'm the director of social media in HR Florida. So yeah, I like my social media. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Samir is the complete opposite. He's always like, oh, they know all this information about you. So he has a social media, but he doesn't use it. I watched this with him and he was like, I told you, I told you, like, you know, this is all evil. And, um, you know, it's just really surprising. I mean, you know, uh, especially how it affects during the elections, how it affects the choices you make, um, the things they know about you, like the reason why you can't just be without your phone. Um, I thought it was excellent and it was an eye opener and I am using my social media very differently. So even though I haven't stopped using it, um, I, you know, I do, I'm more aware of what I'm doing, what I'm liking, uh, when I'm in YouTube, because I love YouTube, I search for the videos myself. I no longer do the recommended videos. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, it's changed how I do things. And it, it was really great. I, if you haven't seen it, I know a lot of people seen it, but if you haven't seen it, I do recommend it. Like I really do. It's great. And if, and for you, those of you guys have kids, you know, sooner, sooner or later, they're going to get into social media and it's, you know, good to, you know, to have that information at hand, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm looking at the other two here because mine are well into social. <laughs> they were raised on social. Yeah, media. exactly. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Too late, right? <laughs> like, <"Whoop." laughs> they certainly use it differently than I do. Yeah. <laughs> Michael, how about you? Um, I'm actually going to continue the documentary side. It's uh, It was out on Amazon. It's called Never Surrender. It's about Galaxy Quest being oh yeah yeah um yeah i loved i loved galaxy quest uh when it first came out and it was I, you know i it, it hit a lot of the right buttons for me not only just comedy but even just in general kind of nostalgia star trek all that stuff so it was fun to watch uh that and just kind of how they made it how it all came together how they fought for the people to be in the movies that that was in it and just how fondly 
I think everyone looks back at it, even who is on it or a part of it and just love to be a part of it. Uh, yeah. And it just kind of, it was a good, uh, it was a nice, I hadn't seen that movie in a while. So, but it was nice to kind of relive that a little bit and then uh, to enjoy that uh, and, and get up there. But yeah, no, it's definitely, I would recommend that. And especially if you like, uh, if you haven't seen it and you like that movie. As Will Wheaton said, Galaxy Quest is the best Star Trek movie ever made. All right, Chris, the third movie that wouldn't have made your list any other year. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was grasping at straws at this one just because this is the other of the two movies I saw in movie theaters uh, okay. in 2020. Uh, was, well, you know, it was a, I actually really enjoyed it. It was The Invisible Man, a scary movie back in January or February it came out. Hell, I don't know what month it came out. It came out sometime when the movie theaters were still open. <laughs> Yeah, right. In nineteen ninety two. Back in ninety two, I remember I don't remember her name, but she was she was on the West Wing. That was what I recognized her from, but she was the main character. Elizabeth Moss. Yeah, she was in uh oh, okay. Yeah. Handmaid's yep. Tale, yeah. Yep, she was in there. It was it was really suspenseful, you know. You got this guy with his invisible suit and and, and just all this crazy stuff happening. I like suspense movies like that. I'm kind of with Lorena. I don't like all the spooky, um, all the ghosts and all that kind of stuff. I got to check out there because I'm up all night. And, and mm-hmm. I totally admit yeah. with everybody, I'm a huge yeah. chicken about that. But I like suspense movies, you know. I'm okay. totally, I, I'm in. And so it was, I thought it was really good. If you, got, if you guys like suspense type movies like that, scary. Uh, I think it's on video. It should be on video now, I would assume. It's all somewhere. It's, yeah. all somewhere. it's all somewhere. Thusly, that's uh, Chris's top three. I feel really bad about that list. I really feel <laughs> I know, right? awful. My other picks for TV. Well, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. But- Movies? Oh. I don't disagree with you, Chris, in that it was a challenge as I went to look. I just went to Wikipedia and said, show me all the movies in 2020 that came out. We didn't get a blockbuster comic book movie this year. You know, no, we nope. didn't get a Star no, Wars movie. We didn't get a, nope. no, yeah, we didn't get any of those. My last movie is another doc, but it ties into the things I'm most passionate about. A documentary called In Search of the Last Action Heroes. It was on Prime at one point, but it's a documentary about 80s action movies. That is my sweet spot, as everybody's fully aware. <laughs> yep. This movie is great because it really explains the shift to these action heroes like Schwarzenegger and Stallone. Chuck Norris talked about how martial arts really came into the front. It's a great documentary. They interview so many of these people that you would recognize, the Al Longs, the Bill Dukes, these B and C players that were in all those action movies of the 80s. Can't recommend it enough. It's it's super fun if you're a fan of those movies of that era in search of the last action heroes. Nice. That's good stuff. Okay, well, I think we all agreed some movies, a bit of a challenge, or could have been a challenge because it was different. Let's talk positive, particularly television, and I have a feeling we're going to be talking about a Star Wars thing here. First up, Michael, what's the first show you'd like to talk about? I have The Mandalorian up on. Yes! Totally, absolutely. Might as well get that out of the way now. Um, I'm loving season two. Yeah, so, I mean, what, at the time of this, there's two episodes left, I think, in season two, So we, uh, but each one has been better than the last. I'm not really sure who else wants to say much because I could go on. Yeah. We could do an oh, entire yeah. episode all do that. Yeah, exactly. about Mandalorian other than I yeah. will say I appreciate the fact that they are paying fan service to so many of us that are really deep. Yeah. However, you don't have to be really deep to appreciate it. Right. Yeah. You don't have to know all these reveals they've made. You don't have to know the names. Yep. We can take the spoilers off this thing because if you're listening to this show and you haven't listened to it, you can fast forward a few minutes. <laughs> I have been an unapologetic Boba fan for 40 years. Oh, yeah. And with this last episode, Boba Fett is the yeah. that everybody said he was going to be. Yeah. 
when he showed up in that first episode of the first of this season, yeah. nerded out about that. And then when his his ship showed up, uh, lost my mind. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah. he just went nutso. And then he he got his armor back. Oh yeah. And let's face it, it started with somebody that I absolutely adore and Timothy Oliphant, who like can do no wrong when he's playing a lawman. He's wearing the armor in the first episode. I, I lost my was, mind over that too. That was awesome, man. He did such a great job with that. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, I love him as an actor anyway. But yeah, exactly. So that I, that everything about, but, but and I'm glad that they finally got him to, you know, kick and and just kind of show show what kind of you know bounty hunter everyone says he he is. It's pretty intense. Uh, uh, yeah, no, it was great. And um, just even just the general stuff, even just the uh, you know. Baby Yoda, Grogu, whatever, on, you know, just in general. And with hitting the eggs and just kind of doing the other little stuff. And just like in general, like, you know, Mando and dad mode, like it's just been fun to watch. Yeah. You could tell with season one that there was some filler here and there. It was, I still love the hell out of it. In this one, it's just a nonstop ride of, Mm -hmm. they just don't even give you time to breathe. And I don't care. I'm ready for it. (laughs) And they're just pulling from so many different spaces of Star Wars lore that they that they don't care that you know because I've gotten grief for a lot of years of loving the prequels. I love the Star Wars prequels. I'll sit through the Phantom Menace over the Last Jedi any day of the week. You know, I love the yeah. No, I love the prequels. There's and they're pulling from the prequels. They're pulling from the Clone Wars. They're pulling from Rebels. Of course, the originals. As a Star Wars fan, that's just that loves the, these stories throughout the year and growing up with them. And you guys met you know, when Timothy Oliphant shows up in Boba Fett's armor. What is happening here? You know, how did you get it? You yeah. know, and they and they and he said I picked it off some Jawas, and and you are just it's like give me more. Mm-hmm. I need more of this. You know, and after every episode, I'm just so ready for what they're going to pull in, and they keep doing. And it's not in in such a way that's it's overly done like this last episode when Mando gets uh, Grogu up and he's sitting on the rock and mm-hmm. all of a sudden they hear, they hear a ship in the background and you're like, okay, uh, maybe it's um, the, the, the Imperials or whoever. No, it all of a sudden just casually, just casually it's slave one. Slave one. It's, play, just, I know. it's just slave one. <laughs> I, I lost mm-hmm. it. Yeah. I was like, well, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, and it's yeah, not like yeah. this big, like it's not like the music swells and they're just like, ah, you know, it's just, there's slave one just flying by and it's, they, they, and I think, and I, and I don't know that they're kind of, you know, it's, it's kind of a subtle moment because they know people at home like me and my son and probably you guys are just screaming at the top of our lungs. Like what is going on here? (laughs) My son is such a huge fan and I don't know why, but he's got this real affinity for the clones, the clone troopers. He likes soldiers. He loves toy army men. So he loves all the, the toy, the clones and, when they showed whoever it was, because we didn't know who it was. I think it showed the actor that played Django Fett and he just turned around like, well, who was that? And then I'm reading all the rumors. Like, is it, is it Boba Fett or is it maybe one of the, the clones? Did they live? Like is it Commander Cody, is it Captain Rex? Who is it? And ultimately it was, it was Boba Fett. But the minute Mando was like hiding behind the rock and you hear the guy say, I've been looking for, I've been tracking you Mandalorian. And you just know. And my son's like, that's a clone voice. <laughs> that's a clone voice. You know? And, and it was, so I, I'll stop. Cause like I, I could go all day long talking with you guys about that, but good choice, sir. Lorraine, I want to hear from you as the newbie star Wars fan in this group. 
Yeah, and I know you like the baby Yoda meme. Yeah, but tell I, me, it's, like, what do you think? Really unhealthy, you know, uh, my relationship with Grogu. <laughs> I must admit that. Um, my birthday was a few weeks ago, um, and Samir couldn't get the bike I wanted on time, so he literally bought a baby Yoda from Target and brought it to me. He's like, "This is your waiting gift until we get your bicycle." So it was, it was the best. It was. Yeah. Um, so, um, but what I really liked about this, like the whole story, is I do know what Rebels and Clone Wars are are about because Samir has been watching them and he's been working from home. I have to go to the office, so like he'll have it playing in the background because he's seen these shows twenty thousand times. He just has his like background music because he doesn't like the silence. And I'll come home and I will like half watch them. So I like the aspect that they're pulling from everywhere, but I just. I don't know. It's just so different. And it's, I'm not a fan of fantasy, like in general. And that's why I don't, uh, except for Harry Potter, because I think I kind of grew up with that. But I think the fact that they make, like it is, it is fantasy and all you want, but they make it very humane, very like, I like the stories behind it. It's not Mm -hmm. fantasy for the sake of being fantasy. I think that's why I connected so much with the Mandalorian prices. Some of them I don't get at the moment. And then Samir's like, this is a huge deal. And I'll Google it. I'm like, Oh, that's awesome. Because I'm still like (laughs) trying to get into the, you know, the ins and outs of star Wars. But I do like that. it. You don't have to be a star Wars fan to actually enjoy the Mandalorian. And that's, I think the best aspect of it. Chris, how about you? What what's your first choice? Well, you or actually, let's step back. I can yeah. recall. I think in the past, we well, you've not talked TV. I think you've decided to do your own thing. It was, that, it was all gaming. That- yeah, it was all gaming. <laughs> and this was a great year for gaming, but it was a good year for television. And so the show that I picked is number well, Mandalorian. I knew Mandalorian was going to get chosen. So the, and this I love just as much as the Mandalorian, believe it or not, and is Star Trek Picard. Which uh, yeah. I totally forgot came out this year, right? So I'm looking at what came out in 2020. Didn't realize like, wow, that I thought it was last year. It seemed like a while ago. Are you guys Star Trek fans? Anybody? I, not yeah, <laughs> not really. Yeah. I love the Next Generation. I love some of the original yeah. movies. I have not watched Picard. I will say I'm, I'm aware of it, but I haven't watched. He's a, a different character when you pick up with him. You know, he's he's aged. He's he's not you know who he once was. He's kind of I don't know, kind of jaded in a way uh, with Star. He's no longer part of Starfleet, um, but he he gets this mission. And spoiler alert: if anybody out there, if you're looking at watching it, he meets two androids, but one they're both Data's daughter, if I remember correctly. But you're going through. They even reference this um, this guy named Bruce Maddox, which I had to go back and was just a obscure character from the Next Generation in one episode, and I had to go back and watch it to remember it. Where they put Data on trial or something like that, if if he's property of Starfleet or is he a you know a sentient being? They right. go back to that, and this is the guy that ended up creating Data's daughters from parts of Data, and they're going through all this stuff. They get into the history of the Romulans and the Borg. They're bringing the Borg. There's a Borg cube. I think at the end of the first or second episode, it's one of those cliffhangers. Like, what? And it's like the Mandalorian. I'm sitting there just like, please, more. Because they only release it every week. It's not like a. It's not like you could just binge watch it. You have to wait. All these things happen. There's an episode with Commander Riker and Deanna Troy. Just, I teared up. It was just one of the most amazing things ever. Um, the show ends in a really, it's kind of an odd, but uh, uplifting. If there's going to be another season. Um, and I'm all Patrick Stewart. I know he's getting up there in age, but God bless you, sir. Keep doing it as long as you can, because it was such a great series to see. If you guys like Star Trek, the next generation, definitely check out Star Trek Picard. It's such a good continuation 
we've gushed about Mandalorian quite a bit. That was my obviously my number one. If you enjoy that and you haven't watched Clone Wars, the last season of Clone Wars came out this year on Disney Plus. Twelve episodes, three four episode arcs. The first arc is fantastic. It's about the Bad Batch, which was about mutated clones. What a concept. They've never done that in Star Wars. So you had four clones that had been genetically modified to have different abilities. So you're like your X-Men. That's really super cool. The middle arc is garbage. Don't waste your time. But then get to the end, and that's when you get Ahsoka Tano back with Captain mm-hmm. Rex, oh, and yeah. Order 66 is executed. Mm-hmm. And holy oh. cow, that last episode, phenomenal. Clone Wars is something that I've been watching with my boys we went to see the first one in the theater, what, no seven or whatever, when the first yeah. cartoon came out. Mm-hmm. So w- this is something that I, my kids have grown up with. That last arc, if and when movie theaters reopen and, and I'm comfortable going in, I would go see those four episodes as an hour and a half movie in a heartbeat in a theater. Phenomenal storytelling. Ties in really well, it, particularly if you're into Mandalorian. If you want to start getting deeper, you can go check out the Clone Wars. How about you, Lorena? Well, but, um, my number one TV show was The Mandalorian, so I don't think I can add anything else other than what I've said. So we're just going to call it, we're going to subtitle this one The Mando Show. I think. <laughs> Michael, how about you for your next your next show? I got tuned into this earlier in the year, and then I got away from it, and then I started end up binging it uh, pretty much all uh, the late end of the summer. But it's called uh, Killing Eve. It's on um, Hulu, but it is that uh, with Sandra um, O. Yeah, Sandra Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah so I, I know that it's not overly, overly new, but I think I think actually I think the last season is which three seasons in. I think this season uh was this year. But um, you know, basically she's an American tied into MI six in in the UK and tracking an assassin and kind of this very complex relationship she has with the assassin and uh, along with also her coworkers and it's not dark dark, but it's, it has dark moments, but then it's also very funny in a weird dark humor way and it, plus on top of that i think the acting is just superb the storyline and definitely lots of twists and turns and you don't know where it's going and so yeah no absolutely um i've enjoyed binging that i've uh, been the heck out of that over the last uh, few months chris next up let's get into the games resident evil 3 on <laughs> playstation 4 came out re-release of uh, the original came out on the PlayStation 1 still my favorite gaming system of all time that was thing back in 1999 they did a remake i think last year on the podcast i talked about my favorite thing was the remake of Resident Evil 2 which in general Resident Evil 2 is just one of my favorite games ever probably like top 3 Resident Evil 3 wasn't my one of my favorite Resident Evil games but they're redoing them and so, it, it's like playing a movie i mean these games are just so well done now they scared the- out of you uh, well me anyway and i scare easy i guess stuff is just jumping out at you action is just flying these monsters are 10 feet tall it's it's beautiful that the voice acting i remember back in the 90s wasn't the best you know you made do with what you got i thought it was okay you go back and watch clips on youtube like oh man that was terrible what were they what were they thinking you know <laughs> this game was really well done resident evil 3 if you guys are resident evil fans action fans go it's on playstation 4 it's on xbox one you can find it. My second choice actually ended back in 2017, but I hadn't seen the final season until we got Hulu. And that is a little animated thing called Regular Show. I loved Regular Show when it was on Cartoon Network. We watched it every week. For those of you who haven't seen it, it's about a blue jay and a raccoon that work at a park. They have these crazy adventures. 
Their boss is a gumball machine. They work with this guy who's like a big moon man head. There's muscle man who's like a guy with a beer gut. High five ghost is his friend who's literally a, a high five hand floating around. The show is ridiculous. And it's got all these eighties references, which I could never figure out what that show, who that show was geared towards because it came out at, you know, 11 years ago, that audience was kids. They are not getting these eighties references to like Reebok pumps, trucker hats with mesh caps and what have you. I never saw the last season and the last season is one big story. It's basically the whole big arc. I'm going to say this and you can laugh or you can roll your eyes or whatever. I don't care. I cried at the end of regular show over a blue jay, a raccoon and their crazy misadventures. Actually at the end, they go into space and they have this whole big space battle and it's good versus evil. I can't recommend this show enough. If you're into really off the wall stuff, like I am, it's so silly. I cared so much about these characters and then what, when you get to the end, and oh, man, I was a mess. <laughs> I think my kids are like, could not believe it. Regular show. It's on Hulu. Eight seasons. It gets kind of soft. Actually, Paul Alone and I talked about this because it got kind of weak around like season four, some of five, and it ran back up. And that last season, foot on the pedal, it is great the whole time. Lorena, how about you? The second show, show I chose is in Apple TV. The only reason I even got it came out technically at the end of 2019, it's the morning show with Reese Witherspoon, uh, Steve Carell and uh, Jennifer Aniston. I wanted to watch the show so badly, but I have too many streaming services. So I couldn't like I couldn't explain another streaming service to my family. So <laughs> um, uh, but then come July of this year and I need to update my computer. So I bought an Apple computer and it comes with a one year subscription to Apple TV. So I was like, this is my chance. So I saw the morning show. It's about a news show, essentially, and it touches the topic of um, the Me Too movement, essentially, you know, so Steve Carell is this big shot, and he's been accused of, you know, of using his power to his benefit and taking advantage of women, essentially. I don't know if they've already planned for a second season because, you know, with this whole COVID thing, I don't, I don't, I didn't even follow that. But that first season was really great um, because it talks about the complexity of it because, even his character, he doesn't see, believe he's that bad. There was someone else in that TV show who had been accused for things that are actually worse than what he had done, according to him. So he was telling him, well, you're technically the bad guy because you actually didn't, you know, do this with consent. Like they, they talk about, you know, consent, the power struggle, um, women in power in high positions. You know, it's it was very interesting. Uh, great cast. I mean, you can't go wrong with those three. Um, and Reese Witherspoon, um, she has her own production company, Hello Sunshine. And she's been doing a lot of movies and TV shows that tell w stories about women. And I really appreciate them because they're really well done. You know, it's not this like lifetime crap you see. Um, so, you know, it's actually, <laughs> so, you know, it's, um, it's actually refreshing to, <laughs> to see that. So I do recommend it. Um, it's on Apple TV. Um, and it's like, I forget it's less than 10 episodes so even like if you don't want to you know buy into the subscription there's probably a trial period you can watch it within the trial period last up for Michael for me the last one uh it's a total fun show that me and my son we've been enjoying this whole summer and kind of watching over and over again it's called the floor is lava on Netflix it's a fun game show literally these trio of people have to make it from one end of a room to the other by climbing obstacles the floor is literally this red goop that's bubbling and splashing them and they're all commenting and it's it's just lots of fun to watch uh and they have i don't know there's probably like 
12 episodes or more and it's just kind of a fun literally just a fun escape kind of uh show so um yeah definitely it's it's been a nice uh that one's been nice to kind of get away and enjoy uh over and over again and chris your last choice playstation 5 came out this year favorite game on it is spider-man miles morales same developers that made the spider-man game back in 2018 which that spider-man game in 2018 is still the best spider spidey story i've ever seen on any screen big or small um this one is is just as good uh john mentioned uh having the waterworks going on when at the end of something at the end of this this game that was just a sack of tears it's 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 a super sad ending but it's also an uplifting ending great gameplay great story against these games that Insom- insomniacs the developer the the stories that they're putting out there the spidey stories are far and away better than any of the st- and i love the movies don't get me wrong i love homecoming i love far from home excellent but these are so so good so if you're not a gamer go on youtube you can find just the cutscene. you can watch it like a movie and see all all the stuff and the all together but uh, so check it out my last pick was one I would have never imagined that I would be talking about. It's a Disney Plus show called Earth to Ned, and it is about an eight-foot blue alien and his sidekick who were sent here to take over the Earth, but they become so fascinated with pop culture, they start a talk show. It's done by the Henson folks. It's heavy, like, Muppet design stuff. The guests all get teleported to the spaceship each episode. They have these crazy conversations. It's one of these shows that I don't know who it's written for because it's not for children. It's not dirty or bad. It's just so off the wall. One of the writers is one of the hosts of the Doughboys, which is my favorite podcast, bar none, hands down, period. There are certain jokes that I know as soon as I hear him, he's the writer on because of what he says on the podcast. Earth to Ned, it's a super weird talk show about a blue alien who gets fascinated by basically a really American pop culture and just interviews these different celebrities, athletes, people that you would know, whatever the topic may be. Like one time, you know, each episode has a theme and he, he just, the last episode had RuPaul Charles on it, not in drag, but they ask him about his drag career. Pretty interesting stuff and very thoughtful, funny, Earth to Ned. Never would have imagined it would be something I'd watch at all. I don't even know why we watched the first one, but it's really, really funny. It's really that well sounds good. Lorena, your last choice. Okay, so my last choice is not really an amazing TV show, but it was cute. It's called Emily in Paris. It's in Netflix. And it's just a show about a girl who lives in Chicago and is offered the opportunity to go work for um, an office. There, Her company where she works for, like, kind of acquired in Paris. And she is just gaining acquainted with the Paris culture, and she loves fashion. It's just a cute show. And it did not mention COVID, because most of the seasons of the TV shows I'm doing are Dealing with COVID, which is fine. I I totally, you know, I like how they're, you know, applying it to what's happening today. But sometimes you just want to watch something to disconnect. And it's just a cute little quirky show about a girl who is just having the time of her life in Paris. So (laughs) I'll just leave it at that. All right. Next up, we're going to be talking audio. And again, this could be albums, songs, podcasts, something of an audio format. Chris, your first choice. Mine's all podcasts, uh, but they also do a video. They pick them up on YouTube from WWE Network. It's, so it's on their network, so it's video. But I often just pull it up on YouTube and, and listen or pull it up on my computer and listen to it in the background. It's uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin's Broken Skull Sessions. You know, I'm not so much into the product nowadays. I don't I don't keep up with Raw or SmackDown too much anymore. But But the old stuff, I'm all for it. And Stone Cold, when he does these interviews, it's just so full – 
of his John, did you get a chance to check any of the, any of his stuff out? Any of his interviews? I've watched them all. <laughs> I figured so, yeah. It's just they're they ha- they're cracking a beer open. It's just an open conversation. And they're talking about back in the eighties. I just watched the one with the Undertaker, the Undertaker with his big retirement stuff going on, which will go into my second one when I get to that. The history there is so rich and 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 too and there's Ric Flair on there. There's you know Goldberg's been on there. Kurt Kurt Angles was great. I love when Kurt Angle was talking about his um, impromptu behind the scenes match with Brock Lesnar, and because you heard rumors about this, but Kurt Angle actually talks about it. So just to hear these guys that are big stars but talk about this behind the scenes stuff is just it's seriously the best wrestling content out there for me. And so, and again, I just put the stuff on in the background and just listen to these guys, just BS with one another and just have a good time doing it and learn so much about how they came up and, and all that good stuff. Broken Skull Sessions, super cool. My first choice is a fairly new podcast. I think it's got maybe six episodes out. It's called The Sloppy Boys. And The Sloppy Boys are three of the guys that were in the Birthday Boys sketch group, which I maintain is the best modern sketch show. Three of them went off and started a band. They do kind of yacht rock, but comedy rock stuff. The premise of this podcast is they are going through the International Bartender Federation bartender book, and they make a drink every episode, and they talk about the history of the drink. So like a Cosmopolitan or a Brandy Alexander, whatever it is, and they just pick a drink and they make it. And then they they talk about, of course, they're all stuck at home right now. So they go to the store, they get whatever they need individually. and then But then they, they'll make up a song about the drink and they do some comedy stuff with it. Super funny. It's really funny to listen to them, particularly if it's like they talk about some of the harder to find booze that they've tried to get and freaking out their liquor store owners and that kind of thing. Anyway, Sloppy Boys podcast on all your major platforms. If you want to listen to three guys talk about making cocktails, particularly like the White Russian episode is really about the Big Lebowski. I mean, they didn't talk about that a lot. So anyway, <laughs> fun stuff. Lorena, your first choice. So it's also a podcast, and it's the only podcast in this list, the audio list. When I first was unemployed, I was looking for a TV show that already had finished and, you know, had already ran its course. And I ran into Beverly Hills 90210, which I know is a really, it's very teen-oriented. The original or the remake? No, no, the one with Luke Perry. And... Like the old, okay, the one, yeah, okay, okay, just want to make sure. <laughs> no, yeah, so this show, uh, and I, I'm, I'm really young, so this show came out in ni- uh, 1990, I believe. I was born in 91, so obviously it was not age appropriate. I was a baby that I, you know, it ran 10 years. I was 10 when it was done, 9 or 10, so... Clearly, I never saw it, but everyone references it all the time. And I'm obsessed with Luke Perry myself. So when I saw it was on Hulu, I decided I'm going to watch this. And not my type of show, but it was entertaining enough. Now, I liked liked it enough that now they have um, Jenny Garth and Tori Spelling have a podcast. It's very similar to the Office podcast that came out last year. So they go episode by episode. Um, and since I enjoyed The Office so much, I was like, I'm going to check this out. It was, at the, you know, it's only been like three or four episodes out already. Um, at the, the first episode was worse than The Office's first episode. It was, I was like, I don't know if I can listen to this. But, you know, um, the second episode, they start talking a little bit more about like, you know, uh, their relationships, like when, you know, how much they care about Luke Perry. And, you know, there's a lot of background stuff that you don't get, you, they don't talk necessarily the episode in itself. I think they could do a better job at that. But when it comes to the relationships to create, their friendships and all that stuff, it's just really, it's really good. So um, I recommend it if you're a fan. Um, it's, you know, it's nice to hear. And what's it actually called? 
the Beverly Hills 90210 OMG podcast, I think it is. Okay. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Michael, your first choice. All right. uh, Mine is a podcast as well. Uh, Kind of going along the lines of listening to old or watching old shows. There's a podcast called uh, These Are Their Stories. And they go on and it's a Law and Order podcast. And they literally randomly, I don't know how random it is, but they they have um, two hosts, uh, male and female. They usually have a a third uh, co host come on and talk about a specific episode of whether it's uh, original Law and Order, SVU or the uh, Criminal Intent. And it's kind of, it's very tongue in cheek because I think a lot of these shows, especially some of the early ones are extremely cringeworthy when you look at it now and they somewhat uh, make fun of it, but at the same time, they have a little bit of a homage to just the reality, uh, the, the fun of the, of the show and how long it's been on. Uh, well, as for you, I guess it's still on. So like just the fact that that the property is still uh, ongoing and they clearly love it, but they also are, uh, have a fun kind of uh, having fun at its expense as well. So yeah, definitely uh, recommend that if you're uh, a Law & Order fan. All right, Chris, next up. The Something Again uh, audio, I'll just throw it on in the background. It's on YouTube. Uh, again, if you want to watch the video, it's, have you guys seen this? It's called Hot Ones. I had no idea about the show. I love hot wings. I love hearing, you know, I love hearing stories that people have to share. So it's like, okay, count me in. And, and I just found this literally a couple weeks ago because The Undertaker was on there as part of his retirement. This guy's just doing interviews everywhere, which is awesome to see him finally break character and, and do all this stuff on his way out. Um, but he he was on there. again. Throw it on the background. Just listen to these guys, of course, as the, the heat turns up uh, and the hot wing challenge is super fun to see or hear their reactions. But then I, I go onto their channel and I hear, see all these Stone Cold is on there and his episode was fantastic. And I think I watched the one with Will Ferrell, Chef Gordon Ramsay, which that was a really good one to listen to, but uh, hot ones. My second choice is not a podcast, believe it or not. There is a orchestral piece of music called The Planets that was written by a composer by the name of Gustav Holst. Holst wrote The Planets back in the teens, like 1914 and 1916. Some guy by the name of Jeremy Levy arranged it for jazz band. And it is one of the craziest things I've heard in the last, I don't know, 10 years. I happened to hear it on a YouTube show. Somebody was playing as their show, as like their bumper music. And it said, The Planets arranged by, and I went and found it and actually contacted the guy. It was absolutely phenomenal. So anyway, it's called The Planets Reimagined. If you like big band music and, and you, if you know anything about the, that piece, it's unbelievable. It's super, super cool. And so glad I happened to hear it. And like you said, Chris had something on in the back. Bang, I hear it. And I'm like, wait a minute. What is that? Why don't I know this? And <laughs> found it. And great enough, the guy was on Twitter and I contacted him and told him what I thought. Awesome. All right, Lorena, next up. So uh, my next choice is an album, and it's Taylor Swift. So (laughs) it's not so. (laughs) So I was really Taylor Swift, as you guys know, I'm obsessed with. John knows personally. He had to listen to the her previous album, Lover. She wrote this, uh, like wrote her music and everything, and she was planning to, you know, roll this out next year, but because of the pandemic, she had a change of heart and surprised us with an album, and I'm in love with it because it's the old Taylor Swift. It's called Folklore. Um, it's folk music, so very similar to her previous like country attempts and whatnot. So I, I do like it a lot. It's very real. It's not very poppy. I love pop music. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy it. Um, but it just feels more her. It was just perfect. I think it was perfect. I don't I mean, I, I know this might not be your type of music, guys, but I recommend it. I really do recommend it. No, did you see her uh, Disney Plus 
thing is she has uh, something on Disney Plus where she talks about making it and then playing yes. songs on it. Yeah, it's on my list. Ahead. It's on my list. But I was catching up with The Mandalorian first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got you into Star Wars. You can get us into Tay Tay. How about that? There you go. Yeah. That's fun. <laughs> All right, Michael, last up for you. <laughs> So this one, uh, actually, John, you got me in on the totally rad Christmas that um, oh, yes! you, you so I started <laughs> listening to that. And, uh, you know, what? It's, this guy talks about 80s uh, Christmas events and shows and toys. And I don't know, they, they had a Rankin Bass uh, version, not, I think, uh, two weeks ago. I think it was that where they talked about, like, you know, the Frosty the Snowman and the Rudolphs and all that stuff. And, yeah, it was, anyway, I don't know. I'm uh, now, I, You got me uh, hooked, John. So I'm, I'm in it's pretty fun to listen to and reminisce on. I brought these guys up last year, but they, they do new stuff. Of course, over here, the, it's a channel called kind of funny. You can find them on YouTube podcast services. They do. Uh, I love ranking things and I don't know why, but I just love the discussion. It's like, I was telling you, Lorena, like when you're done watching all the star Wars, let's do something where we can film and have you rank the star Wars. I just love talking about them and see where they, they come in for people. And they did this one in the last, they just wrap, wrapped it up in the last couple of weeks where they did all the Batman movies ranked. That's a, they're just cra- they they do all this fun crazy stuff, but you know they review all the movies, fun stuff. If you guys haven't uh, those guys that kind of funny, great story that, of them starting their own business and doing and they're doing some real real fun stuff. My last choice is a podcast, and strictly on its name, you know it's got to be on my list when it came out this year. It's called Bonanas for Bonanza. <laughs> <laughs> nice, it, it, and it comes from it's a comedy podcast. Obviously, the premise is that. They are playing characters reviewing the entire TV series Bonanza. Which, uh, <laughs> if you don't know, Bonanza went 431 episodes. Yeah, that's a lot. Andy Daly is the host. He's the star, the host. He plays a cowboy poet. It's a character he's played on Comedy Bang Bang. If you're into sketch comedy and you know you've seen all of you have seen Andy Daly and stuff, he's in everything. Mm-hmm. But yep. he play. They're all in character for this show. And what's great is one, it's a bi-weekly. So you get one week, you'll get a show. And then if you have Stitcher Premium like me, because I listen to so much stuff, you get a bonus episode that's about the recording of the show the week before. I think it's at like episode, thir- well, of of the TV shows, they're at like episode 12 or 13. So it's been around for, it, it was out and it took a little hiatus and came back strictly on its title, Bonanas for Bonanza. Yeah. I knew it was going to be on my list. It is a very, very niche jokey thing if you like comedy bang bang if you like the birthday boys absolutely unbelievable all right next up lorena your last choice my last choice is actually a song and yes it's a spanish song so it's by my husband ricky martin and it's called it's called tiburones which means sharks (laughs) it means sharks um and when i first listened to the song uh, i didn't appreciate it too much because i was not really like i didn't see that like I didn't hear the message I thought it was like a romantic song it was cute I like listening to it and then one day I'm just bored out of my mind and I decide to like you know see where he got the inspiration from this song and it turns out that this song is not necessary it's about love but it's not necessarily like a romantic song it's about it's kind of like calling out um a lot of things that happen around like in Latin America when it comes to like homophobia transphobia some topics that are like big deal to the Catholic church, such like, um, like abortion and that kind of stuff. And kind of like how we let these things separate us that much and how much violence happens to 
so many people because they make different um, choices when it's a choice or if it's not a choice, you know, depending on what the topic is. But, you know, because they're different to what society thinks it's normal. And it's kind of like calling that out and let's focus more on love and humanity and just taking care of each other. So after realizing that was what the song was about i just became obsessed and now i listen to, to it at least once a day um on my way to work or back you know it's just it's really beautiful awesome very cool michael your last choice there so my last one is a podcast and it's one that uh i guess was actually created this year it's called stay at homekins the host is paul f tompkins who's uh, kind of an improv actor i think oh, he's actually been on yeah. comedy bang bang and other wait things. he's and got a podcast that i don't know about holy crap he does and it's him and his wife and uh, they literally are just sitting at home and they, they created it at for co- during COVID times where they thought, oh, this would only be like a month long podcast. And now, got, of course, now it's, you know, what, six months in. And um, I'm looking for my phone. I'm hitting subscribe. They are, it, is, it, has been, it comes out. The episodes come out on Fridays and it is like a pure delight to get me through every at the end of each week just to kind of listen to them talk and laugh. It's so much fun. They talk about, I mean, it's not like they talk about any earth-shatteringly important stuff, but that's the, that's half the fun of it is that they just kind of talk about whatever's going on in the, in their life or the world or whatever and their little dramas. And it's just, it's just fun. And they, they are, they are great together. Paul F. Tompkins is the podcast MVP in my estimation. Oh, absolutely. Every show, every show he goes on, he makes it so much better. Yeah. The guy, oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. I, I, well, I've already found something. Thank you. you There you go. Good. This whole conversation has led to me finding out PFT's got another show I didn't know about. We've talked about movies. We've talked about TV. We've talked about our audio things. You know, one last thing I always like to talk about is kind of an event or an item, something that was unique. And again, knowing this year was even more unique. I get to start and it is wrestling related and it is (laughs) comic book convention related. I attended a convention in late February. It was like right before everything went haywire. They did a show here in Richmond. I got the chance to meet Jerry the King Lawler. I'm old enough that there was territory wrestling as before the WWF came to national prominence. So I grew up on Memphis wrestling because I lived in Louisville and they were part of the territory. Many of you may be aware, and if you're not, Jerry Lawler wrestled Andy Kaufman, mm-hmm. who was a very well-known comedian at the time. And they were on Letterman and in the movie Man on the Moon. There's a whole segment about Lawler and Kaufman wrestling. I've been a fan of Jerry Lawler since I was a little kid. I mean, I can remember I watched it with my grandmother as a grade schooler. Jerry Lawler was going to be at this convention. And I was like, I got to meet him. I don't care what it costs. I want a picture. I just want to shake his hand and thank him. He came to the show. He got there on Saturday. I was fifth in line. And Jerry Lawler comes out. Jerry Lawler's in his early 70s now. He's got his crown with him. And he's just all smiley because he's just always smiling. And I walked up, I got a, I got an autograph, I got a picture, I got a, a headshot to get autographed. And I said, King, I've been a fan of yours since the Memphis days. I was a kid. I used to watch you on Channel 3 with my grandma. And his eyes lit up and he looked at me and goes, that was a long time ago. I said, yes, sir, it was. You have been one of my heroes ever since. And he shook my hand. I actually sat down next to him to take my picture. He was so nice. I got three or four minutes, five minutes with him to thank him, talk a little bit. I met Jerry Lawler. I also met Gilbert Gottfried, which sucked. Like that was such a disappointing experience. So to me, like, I don't want to talk anymore about that other than I got to say I met him and I got a picture, but eh. Jerry Lawler at Galaxy Con Richmond to get it right before COVID. Mm-hmm. I got to go to a comic book show and meet one of my wrestling heroes. It was tremendous. It was so That's much awesome. fun. Very cool. All right, Lorena, your event or item? I did both. 
item. This is not pop culture related, but I think I need to put this out there. This was not created in 2020, but I just bought a Roomba and it's the best thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Love it. I just, yeah, well, I had a vacuum and it burned. I don't know. It just started blowing out smoke. So when I went to buy another vacuum, they were costing 200 something because I need a multi-surface one because I have carpet and I have tiles. So I'm looking at these vacuums and they're costing more than $200. And then I look at the Roomba and it's 180 And I'm like, I can buy something that does it for me and it's actually cheaper. No, let's buy this. So I bought it. It's the best thing ever. I've never, like, I've never been so happy with the purchase. Just wanted to put that out there. It's not pop culture related, but people need to know about this in case people don't know about it. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. So, but event-wise, um, I actually, right before the pandemic started in Florida, I actually went to a concert. Uh, it's a, a Mexican band. It's called Camila. Um, they do um, a lot of ballads, like, you know, love ballads and whatnot. It was a Valentine's Day gift. Basically, I didn't even know they were coming to Orlando. I had just mentioned in passing, if Camila ever did a concert, I would love to go. And Samir Googles them. And the next thing he knows, they're coming in first of March. And it's actually really funny because we actually got a little bit of a scare after that because... Once the concert was over, we received a notification that the first case in Florida and Tampa, you know, just, you know, had been confirmed. And the next day, Samir's feeling sick. Turns out it was the flu. It was the flu. It was not COVID. But we were like, oh, crap. Are we the first people in Orlando, you know, getting this? Um, you know, we were in a concert exposed to people. This was before the mask requirements. So um, it was a good experience. But we, we also say it was a scary experience because, you know, for a good while, I mean, once he got his flu test and everything and it came out um, positive for flu, we were like celebrating the flu because we, you know. Celebrating the flu. Well, we knew so little about COVID I mean, back then, like so little. And everything you heard was really bad. So we were like, oh, God, I really hope it's the flu. Not that the flu is a good thing. You know, I, I know that. But like, at least there's, there is treatment there, you know. <laughs> Fingers crossed, Samir. Fingers crossed. <laughs> so um, that's my event for 2020. It was it was the best concert I've been to in a while, but it was also rather dramatic because of the flu. So <laughs> the best and last, unfortunately. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Michael, how, how about you? I would call this an event. I think we all kind of experienced in some way, shape, or form at the begin, uh, the March, April timeframe, uh, or February, whatever. Um, I don't know. I forgot to bring this up, but Tiger King, quite frankly, I don't know how, um, <laughs> does that not seem like simpler times, I think, than, uh, than now, but, uh, and surprisingly that was this year, but, um, between <laughs> that and uh, that, and quite frankly, I don't know. I, I rewatched some of those episodes and they are actually worse the second time around than, um, than the first time around. So I would not recommend it. I think you should all just leave it in your memories as something that was bad, but good and not bad and bad. So it's, that was just something that just kind of stuck with me. I'm, that for the whole event of this year. All right, Chris, rounding out 2020. The biggest thing for me was finally getting the show for my son, uh, his YouTube show. What kind of tied it in there for me, and it's been it's been rough. So we have seven episodes. We just filmed uh, early this morning before I took him back to his mom's, um, our first episode with PlayStation 5. I'm repping John on there for our first Thank episode you. with PlayStation 5. So you guys take a look at that. I, I want it to be special. Between school, because he was homeschooled and we were doing that, and then this his mom and I made a really difficult decision to send him back because we thought, you know, this he needs an education more than certainly what I could give him. And his and, and talking with his mom, and she agreed. And so going back to school, school closing again, 
So, so all these things happening and try and then stuff, you know, work wise and just the world being the way it is and trying to find the time to do that. So I'm really grateful that we've been able to push out seven episodes. Um, we were doing it every week at the beginning. It's like, that's just too much. What kind of clicked with me is we, we did, I think it was episode three. If you guys notice, you go, if you go to the channel, I named each one. If you go and look at the thumbnails, they're named after the Star Wars movies. And just the six, because I don't really acknowledge uh, seven, eight, nine. We were playing Fortnite. It's turned into just we're playing Fortnite. I'm getting kind of burnt out on it. We got a victory, Roy. We we play as a duo. If you guys are familiar, it's called duos. And so we're playing together. And it's on the show. If you guys check it out, episode three, you can fast forward to the end. And when we get that win, and I probably started tearing up because it really watching it, editing it, I was in the moment we were happy. But going back and watching it, editing it, I'll go back and watch it now, just just, just tears, because how happy he was. He's just going crazy, like, victory royale! And I'm going crazy. You look at, if you watch the show, I'm, like, breathing pretty heavy, like I just ran a 10K. And I was just sitting at a desk playing video games, but I'm just like, I can't believe we did it. To see him and his reaction and to see how much that meant to him, it kind of connected with me of, He'd been pushing me and asking so long to do a YouTube show. And, and, and I think I told you guys this before. For me, it's, it's scary to put your child out there, you know, especially a little six-year-old, you know, when we started, it was, you know, that the world is cruel or it can be cruel. Um, and so to put your, you know, for me getting out there, I get nervous too, you know, but, you know, you kind of just learn to shrug off, you know, certain things. But when you put your kid out there and if you see like comments and stuff that it would really hurt. So I'm trying to find a way like, man, Matthew, maybe it's not a good idea, but finally it clicked. Okay. We could do something together. We'll play video games together. And to go back and watch that and to see how much it meant this show means to him. I just thought, you know what, buddy, I'm going to do what I can to help you. And I'm getting emotional, but to help you. Keep doing the show. Um, as long as you want to do it, I'll do whatever I can to learn how to edit, set up cameras and all these things and microphones, which I'm not good at still. It, it means a lot to him. Everybody, all you guys, of course, my friends, uh, uh, but everybody that's watched it, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. It means it means a lot. It is really hard to know what 2021 is going to look like. Lorena, what are you most excited about in 2021 pop culture-wise? Well, I've become obsessed with streaming services more than I already was. So now I am um, looking forward to um, season five of The Masked Singer. I watched it on Hulu. So even though I like we don't have cable, so we have to wait until, you know, the next day. I think we're almost done with season four. I think there's one episode left for season four of The Masked Singer. So I'm just looking forward for season five. I had never watched The Masked Singer before, um, but I discovered it because, you know, what else is there to do, you know? Um, and it's actually a really fun show. I don't know if you guys seen it or heard of it, but it's, you know, it's really fun to watch because it's like, it's a music, you know, a singing competition, but you don't know who's singing. There's good singers. There's people who you can clearly tell they're not good at it, but it's just so exciting to, you know, um, um, to look at you know play the game because it's a, it's a game to me like I'll listen to clues and I, I am I literally have a notebook and I jot things down and then you see me um discussing with Samir I'm, and uh, you know I'm like oh I'm pretty sure this one's Bob Saget and I guess Bob Saget by the way so go me <laughs> um so but like <laughs> I'm just really excited for another season of that it's just a great show it's very um it's I know my opinion is underrated I think it's really great Michael how about you you know, for me, honestly, uh, speaking, kind of piggyback off streaming services, I, you know, with uh, Warner Brothers' announcement of releasing their films both online yeah. and in theaters, I'm interested to see how that's going to work. And quite frankly, 
there's only so many films I actually go to the theater to see anyway, and they tend to be the larger tentpole films anyway. I think I might actually end up seeing more movies that, you know, newer movies, you know, watching them at home, depending on the price point, than going to a theater to see them. So I'm actually kind of looking forward to if I can see some new things sooner and um, enjoy that a little bit more. So, But also just to see how long that lasts and whether that's really kind of a new feature, if that's just a a one year or one half year and, and it doesn't work out. I, I don't know, but it'll be interesting to see how that, how that pans out. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's a little project that I'm going to start on. So, and I've, t- I talked with John back at Sherm and showed him some concepts for this. And, and it's been a long time coming kind of like galaxy game players was a long time coming. Um, but I'm going to start my own pop culture podcast and just talk about all, cause you guys, certainly you guys know, and then everybody that follows me or that knows me or has even spent any time with me in person, you know, that I love to talk. Uh, and I love to just BS about all this pop culture stuff, about games, movies. I want to talk about The Mandalorian. I want to talk about all this. I mean, I want to do all, I want to talk about all this stuff. And I need some sort of an outlet. I need a creative outlet to do that. And so I thought, well, what better way than just to start my own, the name? I'm not ready to reveal it yet because I'm finalized, but there's a couple of them and it's a Mega Man themed ma- name. So you guys will, kind of see that uh, kind of a tribute to, to one of the things I loved as a kid growing up, but it's going to be a pop culture podcast. It'll have video audio. I would love to have you guys. If I'm fortunate enough that you guys came on there, but I just want to talk about all this stuff and just episodes and episodes of just geeking out about this stuff and having fun and not that the world needs another podcast. Cause there's a lot of them out there, but you know what? I have fun doing it. I think the world could benefit from some good stuff. And if there's a few folks out there that enjoy it, hey, you know what? Mission accomplished. Keep an eye out. Uh, that'll that'll be coming out. Uh, I don't know a date for sure, but first quarter of, of next year, we'll have something, something launched for sure. I never dreamed from a pop culture perspective, the thing I'm most excited about is a DC movie. <laughs> this new James Gunn Suicide Squad. Look, the first Suicide Squad was awful. It's bad. It's just a bad movie. Like, the first 20 minutes are kind of cool, and then it just goes It's yeah. just bad. James Gunn gets this stuff. The Guardians movies, Guardians of the Galaxy, those movies yeah. are great. He has John Cena playing the Peacemaker, which is a super niche DC character that I'm a huge fan of because it actually comes from the old Charlton comics, like, from the 40s. Apparently, they are making a Peacekeeper TV show. John Cena lost his cinematic wrestling match at WrestleMania this year and disappeared into the void. He may never go back to wrestling because he's going to be making TV shows and movies. I think he's charming as hell. He's a very talented guy. But him playing Peacemaker, when they showed him in those that first bit of footage, I think, from San Diego Comic-Con, he's perfect. He's perfect for that part. He's a jackass. Like The character's a jackass. Suicide Squad, and then if this TV show is ready to go, the Peacemaker show, I guess, is going to be on HBO Max. I never would have imagined that's what I'd say I was excited about. This is going to be the big, big, mega, super, whatever, you fill in the word, episode of this show. Being with you all, particularly not having seen you all in person this year, this has been so much fun. You know, we're going to subtitle it The Mandalorian Show, but, you know, <laughs> maybe they'll get us, you, get us some ratings, get too. Some more views there. <laughs> if people have made it to the end, if they don't know how to get in touch or aren't connected with you, Lorena, first up, how do people get in touch with you out there? Instagram and Twitter, L Pabon HR, L P A B O N H R, or just search me Lorena Pabon in both LinkedIn and on Facebook. If it's Facebook, you you must know me. We we must have had a conversation in the past. I um the other the other uh, social medias I don't mind of uh, new people, but Facebook's a little bit more personal. And Michael, how about you? 
Twitter and Facebook at MJ Milady, M-U-L-L-A-D-Y. And uh, that has a link to my LinkedIn to follow me there as well. All right, Chris. Uh, yeah, Twitter, Twitter at Chris Orozco 72. Easy as that. Uh, Facebook, like Lorena was saying, it's more for people I consider uh, personal friends. Um, so Twitter right there. I can't believe you went all this time and you didn't plug your channel. Come on, man. Like, do I got to do it? <laughs> well, so, okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. I already forgot. Okay. Here's an easy way. Cause we don't, we don't have enough subscribers yet. We have to have a hundred subscribers to have a custom URL to where it'll be youtube.com slash galaxy game players. So hint, hint, everybody out there listening, uh, go ahead and subscribe to the channel if you could and get us to that hundred mark so we can have our, and so it'll be, cause right now our URL is like a really long, weird one. I do have the link in my Twitter profile. So go over to at Chris Rosco 72. The link that I have in my bio is a link to Galaxy Game Players. As one of your first subscribers, I can't recommend it enough. And as my 17-year-old watched it, he's like, they've never done this before. He was duly impressed early on. So I, I look forward to more. It's, it is super fun. As for me, johntherman.com. Everything's there. If you've gotten this far, you probably know us. We thank you all so much for being part of this adventure. I cannot wait. For next December, no telling what 2021 is going to look like for us. Thank you all for being with me. Everybody stay safe out there. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Thank you. Take care, everyone.